You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. The world is filled with many questions, such as, did giants exist? What is junk DNA? Does it mean that you're trash? Do you ever wonder if aliens have underwater bases in our oceans, and that's why there are so many UFO sightings off the coasts of islands all over the world? How serious even is climate change, and when should we start building our rafts? Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Bruna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore the answers to these questions and many, many more in our new podcast, Mystery Mystery of Everything, Everything. available everywhere you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Katie from Queen's Podcast. Just a heads up, our show does include some strong language. So if you're uncomfortable with that, this might not be the show for you. Cheers, bitches. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Hey, hey, hey. Katie, Katie, Katie. Hey, Nathan. Hey, Nathan. Hey, Katie. Hey, Katie. Agrippina, the The, elder. Agrippina. The elder, not the younger. (laughs) Not the younger. Ancient Rome, not creative with names. Um, So, if you haven't caught on from our impromptu little cheer, today we're talking about Agrippina, the elder. She was a um, super prominent player in... The ancient Rome Julio Claudian dynasty. How fabulous. How fabulous. (laughs) But first, Nathan has made a very delightful cocktail that just makes me want to sit in a toga and watch Gladiator. The Gladiators. (laughs) In my sandals and my toga. Yes. So today I went a little extra because I'm extra. Because you extra girl. I made a red wine spritzer. So I did three parts wine, one part water, and then I got this fancy little ice tray, and I put little blackberries in each little ice cubey thingy, my bobber, mm-hmm. and then I poured that wine in Technical there. Technical term. Yes, my bobber. <laughs> and I poured it in there, froze it for like, you know, a couple hours, mm-hmm. and then I made the spritzer part out of about two teaspoons of sugar, muddled that up with some blackberries... And then poured some berry LaCroix in that. About four or five of them, I think, is what I have in there. I love LaCroix. LaCroix, if you're listening and you want to sponsor us. So then I took the ice cubes once they're frozen, put it in there, and then pour the juice on top. It's delightful. It is a great springtime I wish it was... I wish it felt like spring. I know. It would be, like, perfect for sitting out on the porch. Y'all, the weather here in texas is bananas like b-a-n-a-n-a-s it was like 50 40 degrees today something like that which isn't that bad for march but um monday it was 80 degrees but then uh, the previous wednesday it was 25 degrees it's just make up your mind weather anyway that's not interesting to anybody (laughs) let's get into some shout outs before we start the show so shout out to our empress supporters from patreon we got genevieve angelica brianna anastasia brendan charity cadence courtney anita eleanor heather her royal highness (laughs) jackie joshua jared kelly cara kaylee Catherine, Kristen. Lizzie, 
Lucy, Maureen, Megan, Sarah, Kate, Taylor, Terry, Tiffany, and Yen. And a big shout out to our queen consorts, Addie Alexis, Amanda, Anna, Beck, and Chris. Beck and Chris. Yes, gotta get them together. Chelsea, Carrie Ann, Rita, Claire, Danny, Haley, Helene, Nicolette, Jamie, Jara, Jessica B, and Jessica S, and Jessica M. We got all the Jessicas. Jose, Kat, and Kristen. La Michelle, Lindsay, Megan, Melissa, Rita, Stephanie, Sarah, Charlie, Taylor, and Toby. Um, and thank you to all of our Patreon supporters on every level, and thank you to all of our listeners because we love you. Yes, we can do without ya. Okay, so Agrippina, as we mentioned. She's a um, super big player in the Julio-Claudian dynasty of ancient Rome. She's the granddaughter of an emperor, no big deal. And mother of an emperor and yeah. grandmother of an emperor and mother of an empress. She just loves emperors and empresses. So yeah. It's just, it's, it's, she bougie. So she was born around sometime uh, 14 BC in Athens, Greece. So back then, um, Rome... If you don't know anything about Rome, back then they who run the world? Rome. Rome. Like they kind of just had soldiers and forces and got, gathered taxes from everywhere in the world pretty much. So they've got money, they've got power, they've got it all right then. And so that's why she was born in Athens instead of Rome was because her father was a general and they were like stationed over there yeah so her father was from a really prominent roman family and her mom was the daughter of the first emperor of rome so like we said she bougie yeah and by this time agrippina hits the scene he's officially known as augustus yeah and you'll remember him from our cleopatra episode uh when he was actually known as octavian Octavian. (laughs) so he wasn't emperor yet in the Cleopatra episode, and his name is Octavian. And then he becomes... Because before him, they weren't called emperor. They were just, like, the president, basically. Mm. And then Octavian becomes the president, basically. And it's like, y'all don't want to keep voting, do you? What is this about electing your leaders? (laughs) Why don't you just let me be emperor for the rest of my life, and I'll just take that worry off your... Cool, 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 cool. We'll do that. Pretty much. Um, And so then he changed his name to Augustus. In the Cleopatra episode, he was the bad guy. Yeah, but he had to rebrand himself. He did rebrand himself pretty good. It was like, I'm no longer this bad guy. I'm your new first Roman emperor. And obviously this is like a big oversimplification (laughs) of of how Rome went from like... From a democracy to an empire, but, you know. Have you seen Julius Caesar, by the way? Oh, today's the Ides of March. Oh. Speaking of it. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers to, you know, Julius Caesar getting stabbed. So, besides the Ides of March. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Augustus only had one kid, um, and her name was Julia. And Julia is actually Agrippina's mother. And, you know, her dad... Didn't really come from a bad family either. They weren't too shabby either. Her father's name um, was Marcus Vipassanus Agrippa, but he just, like, in history, he's just Agrippa. Um, because 
Too many names. Yeah, there's um, so extra. And he was, he started off as an architect and then became Augustus's like, right-hand man. Yes. And became a general and just, um, he was a really powerful guy in his own right before he married the daughter of the emperor. And Agrippa's family wasn't as prominent as Julius' family. But whose was? Yeah. No one's was. Yeah. My dad's the emperor. My dad's the emperor. MBD. Like, yeah. But they were a really good match, and I think they really did love each other. Yeah. I think think, um, Agrippina's first few years were positive. So So speaking of, Agrippina hits the scene in 14 BC and has two older brothers and one older sister at the time. Her two older brothers were like obvious front runners to be heirs to the emperor. I mean, you got the heir and the spare. Yeah. Right there. And... Um, her dad had been leading a leading general in Greece, and so everything was looking great for them. So Agrippa comes back from Greece, pretty much dies like right away. Poor Greece daddy. I Greece daddy, go <laughs> Greece daddy. Oh, that sounds like the name Greece of my daddy, next boyfriend. Go Greece daddy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, um, Agrippina was probably about two when Greece daddy died, <laughs> so she really didn't know him. Yeah. And she was adopted by Augustus, her grandfather, which wasn't uncommon in yeah. time to adopt. It really wasn't uncommon to adopt children who's maybe still had both living parents. Yeah. It was just like, well, I want to take over and um, I want to be able to make decisions on their behalf and I'm going to give them a better life. And so it was really common. So yeah, I don't think that Julia would have thought it was weird that her father wanted to adopt all her children. She was just sort of like, yeah, that makes sense. And Augustus, as her adopted father, was kind of a little controlling. Kind of a little controlling. I mean, he wanted to make A bit of a hard ass. Yeah, a little bit of a hard ass. He tried to control every little thing that she did. Wanted to, he saw all of the people that were like teaching her had to make She couldn't sense. take a fucking nap without nope. it being reported back to her. Nope. All of her slaves were actually spies, you know, and they would go in back and tell Augustus, um, today at 2 p.m. she sneezed, and I don't know what that was all about. You know, like, <laughs> but she was the golden child, so yeah. it's not like, it's not like she was doing anything that Augustus was going to be pissed about. No, and every single one of her tutors, her teachers, her mentors, anybody that had influence over her was, like, fully vetted. Super vetted. Hardcore. Yes. Like, uh, we're going to know what your great-great-uncle did to Tom on the side of the road. Exactly. Like, just ridiculous. Exactly. So, um, let's talk real quick about women in ancient Rome. In ancient Rome, if you're a woman, you're part of the household of your closest male relative. Yeah. So, ideally, that's your husband. If you're single, that's maybe your father. If your father's dead, then maybe that's your brother. Um, you can't really run your own household. Yeah. Yeah. And her mama was a single lady. Was a single lady. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. And she was cramping the fuck out of Augustus' style. Because Augustus was a very serious dude, but he had spoiled his daughter. In yeah, her hardcore. early life. She was not one to be seen and not heard. She was going to be seen. She was going to be heard. 
She wanted to throw parties. She liked to dance. She liked to shop, you know. Sounds like my kind of gal. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sounds a lot like me, actually. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, except I'm not the daughter of an emperor, so I'm not. <laughs> wah, wah. I don't think she knew the phrase, uh, baller on a budget. <laughs> she, yeah. was, she was baller on a, no, just baller. No, just baller. Just baller. So Augustus is like, hey, you know what? I'm going to marry you to your stepbrother, Tiberius. Wait, what? In Sephiroth? It's kind of weird. So, in 18 BC, Augustus enacted all these morality laws in Rome that were like this clear-cut thing of a woman's place in society, a man's place in society. You do not stray away from these things. And it was very against... um women having fun, I guess, um, or adultery or anything. So he was like, I need to get her under the thumb of somebody I can trust. And he, he was real tight with his stepson, Tiberius. Um, so we need to kind of explain marriage in ancient Rome. Yeah, because divorce was a thing in they ancient were, Rome. They were... They were very against adultery, even though it still happened, because people. Um, and you but, would, they would be like, oh, you're going to divorce your husband so that you can marry some more famous, more powerful Yeah, if dude. it was advantageous for your family for you to end a marriage, no matter how happy it might be, you kind of had to. And especially if the emperor tells you to, you know? Yeah. So Papa Augustus has a stepson named Tiberius. And Uncle Tiberius and Mama Julia were step-siblings, so they grew up together. They know each other really well. And their personalities did not mesh. That's an understatement. That's an understatement. (sighs) Like, Julia, like we said, she... Like, Julia would want to have parties every night, and Augustus, or uh, Tiberius would just want to be sitting in his study reading about war. Yeah. You know? Watching the History Channel. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. She is Bravo. <laughs> and he is 2 a.m. PBS. That is amazing. What? A, that's a very good comparison. And everybody around, you know, the two of them was like, oh, honey, no. No. Oh, honey, no. They are is... not a good match. What's going on? Augustus is like, yeah, this is great. This is great. This is, this is fine. The problem is Uncle Tiberius was already married and he... Loved his wife. Yeah, so loved his wife. Imagine being like in love with somebody, and then the emperor comes in, is like, "Nope, you're divorced. You're gonna marry your sister." Yeah, (laughs) what the fuck? Um, And they already didn't like each other. Fun fun fact: so Tiberius's first wife was the daughter of Agrippa from his first marriage. Mm. So she is now marrying. The former spouse of her stepdaughter. What the fuck is this shit? I think I've got some internal bleeding in my brain. Yeah, sounds about right. Ugh, time for a refill. Yeah. This is so refreshing. I, I love this, Nathan. We should do this at your beach house. Oh, we that should do this at the beach fabulous. house. Wear togas and everybody would be like, who are the weirdos and the togas on the beach? <laughs> Anyway, we promise all of this stepbrother, stepsister. It's relevant mother, to the story. Yes, it's relevant <laughs> eventually. All right, so let's talk about her education, her upbringing. Because we've already set the stage for her family life and the political climate, and everybody's fucking related. 
everyone's gonna kill each other or mm-hmm. marry each other. I mean, it, yeah. it just depends on where the wind blows. It's gonna go one way or the other. You're gonna get killed or married. <laughs> but she actually ended up getting a really good education growing up. I mean, everybody yeah. was vetted around her, so you would think so. But she would have learned... Um, she would have had a better education than the average Roman woman. Because oh, yeah. she was being raised to be a good Roman wife of somebody important. Like, yeah. not just... She, from day one, you knew she wasn't going to marry just Joe Schmo. Yeah. Like, okay, you're going to need to know where the countries that we rule are. You're going to need to know at least what languages people speak there. And you know this is all Augustus is doing because he's like he, in no, love with this kid. He is definitely grooming her to be to have a bright future and I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah, she's really smart. She's pretty. I yeah. mean, she's the perfect wife, perfect mom. Um a lot of her um a lot of her education would have centered on um how to act. Mm-hmm. Um so I guess, you know, we'd call them um, I don't know, but like in public, you don't speak to so and so unless spoken to. It's and, like manners and, and prop. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, being fucking proper and shit. <laughs> Obviously, I miss those days at school. <laughs> um, she also would have learned weaving. That was a big thing yeah. for women I to mean, do. Well, back if you're then. bored at home, might as well weave a basket. Exactly. I mean, so exactly. Fun. And she was taught how to raise a, a good Roman kid. Yeah. And she would have learned a lot to read and uh, read about religion and, and things s- like that. Yeah, yeah. Um so speaking, she would have been taught how to act. So speaking of how to act and how not to act, her mother had become a bit of a national embarrassment. Yeah, according to a lot of contemporary sources, Mama Julia was pretty pissed off at her dad mm-hmm. and her husband. Wouldn't you be? Yeah. You, I'm like, I don't want to marry my... Oh, God, no. So she and Tiberius, um, they they did have one child together. And the, the, it was a baby boy that died, like, immediately. And... If they, like, I guess while she was pregnant, everybody was thinking, maybe they're going to be able to make this work. But as soon as that baby died, it, it was, was just everyone, it, they, were, they didn't, they couldn't even be in the same room with each other. Yeah. And, and this, so she's off, like, slandering Tiberius to anyone it who would up, listen. Girl. Whoring it up. So, I mean, bag of dicks, we don't know if she was actually whoring up. She definitely had lovers, but the history, like, the contemporary sources make it sound like she was sleeping with, like... Any anybody that walked by, anything no, with a dick. but she was probably sleeping with other dudes. But she, she definitely wasn't had happy affairs. about her marriage. Yeah, exactly. And um, she was. I feel like she was just born at the wrong place at the wrong time. I agree. I don't think she really wanted that Roman life. Yeah. I think that she was just kind of like, can I just party and have it? You know, I don't want to be married one day and murdered the next. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think she just hoarded up to like protests. Well, <laughs> so from a young age, Agrippina would have been told by Augustus of like, that's not how you act. How your mother's mm-hmm. acting, going out drinking every night, having affairs. No, that's not what to do. So we don't know how Agrippina actually felt against her mother. I know, but it's kind of sad because she's like brainwashed by Yeah, her she was definitely brainwashed her. against her at a young age. And she, I don't But know. she would have been smart and been like, all right, I don't 
I want to stay in the good graces of the powerful people, so I'm never going to act like that. Yeah, and we talked about how history paints people kind of fucked up in the Roman... Um, anyway, in any in any part yeah, of history. We, we talked with, about Boudicca and how there's only like two or three historians and they write really misogynistic shit. Yeah. So there's really no telling if she was this bad troublemaker that we make her out to be. She was probably just deeply unhappy and she probably started drinking to you know why people drink when they're unhappy and she probably found somebody she cared about so she had an affair but Rome wants to paint her like she was orgies in the morning Mm -hmm. orgies at lunch orgies at dinner (laughs) orgies all the time in the vomitorium yeah vomitorium So in 2 AD, Augustus had enough of this shit show daughter. And Julia was just part of this drinking club. And she'd go out drinking with him every night. It makes me think of Cleopatra and Mark Antony. They had a drinking oh, club. The Amenable uh, Livers. A, maybe this is a thing. So maybe it was a thing. It's a thing. Um, so yeah, but Julia definitely had at least one lover. And his name was Antonius. And it is quite possible that Antonius loved her but it's also quite possible that Antonius thought well if we get Tiberius out of the picture I can marry Julia and then I'm next in line exactly that sort of thing but the story goes that she was letting all these senators and other high up guys in the drinking club sleep with her oh she's such a whore and also that she was plotting to overthrow her dad <sighs> I mean I I don't I don't I didn't research research Julia enough to know her personality like I feel like I do know Agrippina's now but really, would you have put it past her if she was, like, maybe plotting to have Tiberius killed? I mean, because, they I didn't mean, really like each other. And people had each other killed all the fucking time back then, so it wouldn't have been hard to do. I don't know. That guy blows. Anyway. <laughs> Aftermath of Mama getting in trouble. So, Papa Augustus, um, you know, like we said, he had all these... M- morality laws in place and once he had proof that julia was fucking around and being unfaithful in her marriage he was just like i'm done yeah i'm done and guess what he does he fucking sentences antonius to fucking death so antonius committed suicide it's not clear if he found out he was sentenced to death and then committed suicide thinking like he would avoid torture that way yeah or if that was because it definitely was a form of capital punishment forcing somebody to create suicide or commit suicide yeah but in roman history they would say oh he committed suicide but they really forced him to yeah yeah so i don't know if he uh, found out he was in trouble and killed himself and out of fear or if that was the form of execution but a bunch of other prominent dudes were also executed mama julia was sent into exile it was such a fucking scandal long story short scandal 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 so Exile in ancient Roman times is a little bit different than what we've talked about in other episodes. Yeah, like in other episodes, like in Renaissance time, it was like he was exiled to Portugal to live in some dusty castle. Um, (laughs) That was not... Exile in Rome is where they sent powerful people, like, that could maybe, like, cause uprisings or whatever in their name to just waste away and everybody forget about them. Yeah. And so she was put in this prison on this little bitty island far away. And, I mean, we don't know. She could have been 
for her first few years there, she could have been treated decently. She could have been treated like shit. She could have been forced to commit suit and everything in between. Like, we don't yeah, know. There's no, like, there's nobody knows. So Agrippina never saw her mother again after this point. And we have that. really no idea how she felt about it. Because, Mm-mm. again, we don't know if she liked her or hated She didn't it. have a diary. No. You know? <laughs> Dear diary, I'm Agrippina. Yeah, we do um, not. That does not exist. I think her um, mind had been poisoned by Augustus yeah. so long ago. But still, you'd be affected. Yeah, you right? would be. That you your would... mother... I mean, It's I... like a part of you dying. But I guess so... she really hasn't been raised by her mother. Like, yeah. Augustus adopted her when she was like, what, two? Yeah. I don't know. So, um, yeah. So, tragedy upon tragedy. In 2 and 4 AD, her yeah. brothers died. Was not a good couple years for her. No. And that <laughs> wasn't just a tragedy... For her family, that was also a tragedy for the Empire because they were the next generation. The heir and the spare. You know? They yeah. weren't there anymore. The heir and the spare were no longer there. <laughs> it's Dr. Seuss, Roman Empire. <laughs> and it was pretty fucking tragic. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it for them because now we have Tiberius as the front runner. And to be fucking honest, nobody. A lot of people respected Tiberius. Nobody liked him. He was kind of a douche canoe. He was a douche canoe and he was a boring douche canoe on top of that, you know? So... What does this mean for Agrippina? I mean, she can't be named as the heir and Augustus really doesn't have any more relatives. (laughs) But she's still an important player in the dynasty. And she's coming up on like 16 now and that's... um, That's that That's marriage market. That's That's marriage market. I'm just happy that she wasn't married off at like 12 or some shit. So, so yeah, you know she's not going to just be married off willy nilly. Augustus like is way too calculating for this. Nobody. Yeah, Augustus is too not going to let that happen. So what he does first, he legally adopts Tiberius, even though Tiberius is a full grown ass man. That's okay. It's Rome. It's so he's Rome. like, I'm now legally your father, and Tiberius is like, whatever, and names him his heir. So he's like, you're my heir now on one condition. You need to adopt this guy named Germanicus and make him your heir. Um, Tiberius agreed to it because you're going to say no to the emperor? Yeah. (laughs) But Tiberius, I feel like this set a deep, deep seed of resentment in Tiberius because he already had a son. Yeah. And you want your own flesh and blood to be your heir, not this like distant cousin or whatever. So to have to name some unrelated dude. The heir would yeah. piss him off. But, spoiler alert, Tiberius was a fucking asshole and sucked and jealous and nobody liked him. Yeah. So, we swear this is all important. Um, <laughs> Germanicus was the grandson of Mark Antony and Augustus's sister. So, you'll remember, if you listen to the Cleopatra episode or just know anything about history, Cleopatra and Mark Antony had children, but Mark Antony also had another family in Rome. So that's this line. Yes. So Germanicus is Augustus's great nephew. And y'all, he was so super popular. Everybody loved him. Everybody in Rome loves Germanicus. Everybody in Rome loves Germanicus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Yes. So it's wedding time. Go into the chapel oh. and with. Gonna, gonna get, get married. <laughs> so Augustus has his heir and his heir's heir. And his heir's heir, 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 heir. So Agrippina is promised in marriage to this her second cousin once removed, Germanicus. 
And I think she was probably pretty cool with this. Why? Why? Oh, girl. He was six foot five. Or six foot heaven, depending on your religion. Mm. (laughs) Unlike a lot of her queens, um, one, her fiance was her age. Like, she was 16, he was 18. Um, Germanicus was fucking super hot. So, jack off. I mean, jackpot. (laughs) (laughs) And Germanicus has a spotless reputation. If he ever got into any trouble or embarrassed his family in any way, shape, or form, it's we don't know about it, and they didn't yeah. know about it then. Um, and Germanicus, even though he's only 18, he's already, like, one of the star generals of the yeah, Roman Empire. Yeah, he's a fucking teenager, and he's got, like, this brilliant military mind. Like, that's he's like crazy. the He's like the golden child, you know what I mean? Like, he is, like, the what Augustus wants to put forward as the picture of Rome's future. Yeah. And, and that's he like, he fits the morality be. thing. Mm-hmm. He is strong. He is smart. He's all about conquering other places. So, and something else really important that I read as well was that he was super duper sweet, super kind, very had manners. And he adored Agrippina. It's fucking refreshing that they don't is, hate each other and that they yeah and so it goes to show you sometimes arranged marriages go okay yeah so basically they are the golden couple of rome yeah brangelina but way more cool yes uh, they're married in 4 ad and they are the perfect couple before you know it, they got their first baby on board. Pumping out them babies. In 6 AD in Rome, Agrippina gives birth to a healthy baby boy named Nero Julius Caesar. That is the most Roman name. <laughs> I know. So we're just going to call him Nero because, you know, he's not really the Nero you're thinking of, but we're all out of options because... He's Ju- also not the Julius Caesar you're thinking yeah, of. Yeah, so. so Julius Caesar, they're all taken. So they're we're just going to call him Nero. Name's taken. Name's taken. <laughs> anyway, so I, what I, the picture I want to paint is that I see the Kennedys of ancient Rome when yeah. I talk about Agrippina, Germanicus, can, and the family that they build. I can totally see that too because they're like the rich, powerful, except, you know, he didn't cheat on her. Yes. And that's another thing. He was actually faithful to her. Yeah. He's super handsome and charismatic. He's a young rising star, like hitting milestones that people don't usually hit until way later in their lives. Yeah, and he gets elected to be a quester, which is actually a lawyer for the Senate. And this is a big fucking deal because you had to be 25 to be a quester. And he was only 20. Get it, boo. And she's beautiful and popular and rich, 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 rich. And they're from really good family. They're from the same family. (laughs) And they have... This growing brood of adorable children. And I just cannot stress enough how popular they are. The fucking Kennedys. They're the Kennedys of the ancient Rome, 100%. So Germanicus is sent on progress. As you do. Above everything else, they're a fucking military family, so you gotta go fight. So when Germanicus gets sent to lead the troops, Agrippina and their son are going with him. And no, 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 no. That's not fucking normal. No, the usually the the you were wives a and the good Roman wives you stayed who at home. sat at home and took care of your kids and vacuumed your marble floors with your pearls on. Sure, I don't know. I don't know. I don't <laughs> so, know. So, why did she go with him? There's several 
reasons. Um, one, it could have been just that they were just so fucking in love. Because yeah. sometimes uh, a soldier and his wife went and see each other for like two years or something. Yeah. So it's possible that she was just like, um, no, I'm not going to let you just go off so you can start up with some like camp follower like, yeah. and pick up whores on the way. And he was like, no, I'm not going to let you just stay here and like probably start an affair with some other dude. <laughs> and number two... She's Augustus's like favorite granddaughter, and Augustus is super fucking popular. So to have her on ca- campaign with you, the military is just going to be like, "Yes, queen, yeah." Exactly. <laughs> and people just loved seeing them together. If there was paparazzi in <laughs> six A.D., they would have been on the cover of every People magazine, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so they were sent to this place called Illyricum. Um, nailed it. Nailed it. It's modern day Croatia. And while they're there, Aggie gets pregnant again. So she's, she's fertile. She's fertile. Yeah, that's a good thing. And she has another fucking baby boy. And she names him Drusus. Which, there's a lot of Drususes. Like, these are all, like, none of these names are creative. They are all, all the names of all of their relatives. Yeah. Um, can you imagine, like, being no. her on campaign Preggers as fuck sitting on a horseback while you're right. No, no. Given birth in like the middle of a battle scene? No. What? No. Thank you. Um, it's quite possible that while they were in, um, I'm just going to say modern day Croatia, it's quite possible that she probably had two more children that died in infancy there. So that's obviously like really depressing. That's a bummer. <laughs> but her, her, children that survived versus her children that died ratio was super good for the Roman time. time. (laughs) So they head back to Rome after about two or three years of keeping the peace. And Augustus is just so impressed in what they've done for morale and just in like the military that he's like, I'm going to put you on council. Yeah, so, okay, council is a huge fucking deal because, again, he, like, gets over this age requirement where you're not supposed to be consul until you're 42. He ain't even 30 yet, bitch. Yeah. And a consul is a major player in the Senate and very, very close advisor to the emperor. So yeah. this, this made her, like, one of the most powerful women in Rome. So the world. Yes, yes. the world. And really, she just must have been so proud of him because, again, they loved each other this is so rare in these marriages that are arranged and like get broken up and like this was just a power couple so we can't talk rome without talking about war (laughs) war what is it good for for? building the roman empire (laughs) you are on fire (sighs) so (laughs) they move on up to germany and well what we call today to Germany. To Germany. Okay. Um, <laughs> there had been this huge Roman defeat at a place called Teutoburg uh, Forest. And we're actually going to talk about this in our Patreon. So Yeah, um, <laughs> we just really don't have time in this episode to go into the basically slaughter of Teutoburg Forest. If you're a Patreon listener, listen to that. If it's you're not... It's going to be really interesting. If you're not, there's 
shitloads of YouTube videos that Tiberius would have loved <laughs> um, about so, it. It is really interesting. We're just going to quick recap. Quickest recap ever. Yeah. So Rome, the strongest force in the world, was hanging out in Germany with this dude that they thought was their buddy. This dude was not their buddy. And the Germans killed about 35,000 Romans. Yes. So every single Roman citizen was affected by this. Someone's dad, brother, son, husband, whoever fucking died. Everybody lost somebody. Yeah, so Augustus sent Tiberius, um, Aggie's step-uncle, step-father, adopted father-in-law. What Mm -hmm. the fuck? (laughs) He was like, hey, Tiberius, get this shit under control. And after a few years, it did go back to normal. normal Normal-ish, but I mean, it was still... um, in the back of everybody's mind. Everybody mm. was shook by it, you know? But Grandpa Augustus was shook to his core, and he was like, nope, our troops need something to lift their spirits. They need to see that there's still a future to Rome, someone to get them hope. Germanicus, Agrippina, y'all are going to the Rhine. Ooh, ooh. So side note about Augustus. Grandpa trip. was never the same after this defeat. No. This, this just killed him. Again, he was fucking shook and never recovered from this. I mean, like, he... This is a battle that goes down in Roman history as the one of the biggest defeats yeah, ever. 35,000 men. So like, he that's... Had, he had a bit of an existential crisis. Yes. And y'all, I honestly... Like, I haven't done enough research to decide if I think... Like, I haven't done any research on Augustus outside of Aggie and Cleopatra. And in one story, he seems like a good guy. And in one story, he seems like a bad guy. I think he was a bad guy. So I don't know if what my my opinion on him as a person, I don't know for sure. Um, but it does make me feel for him how he like, he didn't just mourn the loss at this battle because it made him look bad. Mm. He mourned the loss of this battle like in like a deep personal way. So he has a heart. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> back to Aggie and Germanicus, and uh, they did what they do best, charm the fuck out of everybody. Charm the masses. So they head out in 12 AD, and this is the same year that Agrippina gave birth to a baby boy named Gaius. Um, Gaius is super famous by Gaius, a different sorry. name. No, we can say it either way. He's Gaius. <laughs> I like Gaius. Um, now Gaius is super famous by a different name, but we'll get to that in the next episode. So when they hit the scene in Germany, they were huge fucking yeah. Huge. It was like this big miraculous. Everybody story. was like, yes, Germanicus family. Yeah. Yes, like, you look so good, honey. It was a shot of adrenaline right in their butt. It really <laughs> was. Um, and everybody had a morale boost from it, except for Tiberius. He really resented Augustus sending Germanicus and his family there. He was like, dude, I had this under control. And also, I think he hated Agrippina. I don't think he hated Agrippina, but I don't think... I think Agrippina reminded him of things he hated. Ah. So speaking of Julia, in 14 AD, she ended up dying in exile. Most likely she was starved to death, which... Uh, but we really don't know how or when Agrippina found out about mm-hmm. her mother's death. And Julia was hated by pretty much everyone in Rome. 
Also, Agrippina hadn't really grown up with her mother as a major influence, so... What we're getting to, if she mourned her mother, we have no... Yeah. We have no idea how she felt about her mother. Yeah, dying, she did so. it. She probably did it in private. Nobody knew. So, yeah. yeah. I wonder, like like we said earlier, did she even remember her mother? You know, I don't know. No. So, Germanicus was a force with the troops, but Agrippina was really well-respected, too. I found this one story that I don't, you don't see a lot of stories in Roman history where, like, the women are telling people what to do, but, so there's this story, so they're over there in Germany, uh, fighting the germs, and (laughs) um, the Romans had built this bridge, and Germanicus took his troops over it to go fight the germs, and kill some germs. I love it. He's an antibiotic. <laughs> Germanicus is an antibiotic. Anyway, so um, word gets back to the Roman camp, and they're like, "Hey, the Romans, the Romans are losing. We're losing. We need to, we need to burn that bridge, or more Germans are going to come over here, and they're going to slaughter us. And Agrippina, they're going to take you as a slave." And she was like, you're not burning that bridge. And they were like, we need to burn the bridge. And she was like, you're not burning the bridge. <laughs> and she goes and stands on the bridge. And she's like, I won't allow it. If you destroy this bri- bridge, um, Germanicus has no chance to get back. And he'll definitely be killed. So, Bitch, do you really think that any of these guys on the battlefield wanted to kill the favorite granddaughter no. of the Emperor Augustus? And, and Jackie O, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no, fuck no. They're like, okay, oh yeah. You, yeah. you go ahead, girl. They're like, all right, I guess we're all going to get slaughtered. Cool. Um, luckily, the Romans were winning, and like the gossip that got back to camp was wrong. And so the Romans come over the bridge. Germanicus is like, hey, babe, thanks for letting them not leave us to get slaughtered. And mm-hmm. she's like, gotcha, boo. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I got you. you. <laughs> so... During this time, while they're over there in Germany, she had left at least one of her sons back with Augustus for safekeeping. Yeah, you don't want to leave him out on the battlefield. I mean, she had she had at least Gaius with her, but yeah, I mean, but he was she wanted there. to send her spare back to Rome. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Augustus sends this baby back over to her, and with a letter, and um, I'm paraphrasing here, but it's like, here's your son. Here's some slaves to, like, help y'all, like, along your way. You've been a wonderful granddaughter. I love you so much. I love Germanicus. Y'all are the best. Bye. And this might be a little bit of foreshadowing for you. Foreshadowing, because then Augustus died. Yeah, he died. So this is probably his goodbye letter. I think it's very telling of the society of ancient Rome that he knew that I'm about to die. I can't look after these boys anymore. And it was so common to be like, Tiberius could easily be like, oh, somebody might want one of those boys as emperor instead of me. So we got to kill them. Yeah. So they, so Augustus knew that her sons were better off with her in the middle of war than in, than in a palace yeah. in Rome. That's how dog-eat-dog yeah, it was. They would have been know? murdered. Yeah, they would have been straight-up killed. So Tiberius is now the emperor, and he heads back to Rome. So remember, Germanicus is actually second in line. So this Kennedy family of ancient Rome is getting even closer to the throne. Yeah, and Tiberius has his 
fucking eye on Agrippina and Germanicus. I'll tell you that much. So let's do a quick recap. So let's recap because this is the end of episode one for Agrippina the Elder. Um, All right. So she's born into the most powerful family in the most powerful country in the ancient world. Beloved granddaughter of the first Roman emperor. Beloved wife of the most popular general in the empire. Mother of three. Most adorable and loved sons in the world. She's basically Miss Congeniality of the world right now. Everyone loves her. Except maybe the new emperor. What could go wrong? Tune in next time. Um, real quick before we do go, I want to give a shout out to um, this the podcast that inspired me to do this episode. If you haven't listened to um, Ancient History Fangirl, if you like our show, you would like them. And they did a four-part series on Agrippina's family called um, the Starks of Ancient Rome. Wow. And compares them to, like, the Stark family from Game of Thrones. Makes sense. And it's really interesting. So um, give them a listen. Thanks for being an in- inspiration, ladies. And um, till next time. Cheers, bitch. Cheers. So thanks for listening. If there's something you want to hear, just, like, hit us up. You can email us at queenshistorypodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter. We're at Queens underscore podcast. We're on SoundCloud and Stitcher. And follow us on iTunes at Queens Podcast. All one word. All smushed up. Queens Podcast. Um, Follow us on Facebook. Our intro music is by K Sparks featuring Beyond Belief. Thanks for letting us use your song, guys. Thanks, guys, for listening. Cheers. Bye, girl. Clink, Have you ever wondered how inbred the Habsburgs really were? What women in the past used for birth control? Or what Queen Victoria's nine children got up to? On the History Tea Time podcast, I profile remarkable queens and LGBTQ plus royals, explore royal family trees, and delve into women's medical history and other fascinating topics. Join me every Tuesday for History Tea Time, wherever fine podcasts are enjoyed.